So just to just to recap, um, I think it's it would be correct to say that you've received uh, in total from the companies that develop or manufacture vaccines payments or remuneration at least uh, in the amount of a few million dollars, correct? I think it's correct to say that uh, since I left uh, Children's Hospital uh, in the 1990s, uh, I have received uh, considerable funding uh, for my work uh, in developing vaccines and in advising companies how to develop vaccines. Uh, and I have also given advice freely uh, to organizations that uh, could not pay me uh, because I believe that uh, vaccines are important to the health of children and adults. So the answer is yes? The answer is yes, but uh, I, I wish to say very clearly that none of the things that I have done have been done with the objective of, of uh, gaining money. Uh, it has been my fortune uh, that I have been rewarded financially for the work that I've done, but none of the things that I've done uh, have been done for financial gain. And I resent very much the line of questioning that suggests that what I believe and what I've done have been done for financial reasons. Nobody's suggesting that, Dr. Block, and I'm just asking B you. Baloney, you are suggesting that. Well, that's, you're suggesting that. Um, Dr. Plotkin, uh, so you, you indicated that a lot of the remuneration you re received is from the 1990s. Is, have you received any funding from the big four pharma companies or their predecessors before 1990? Um, I would say probably not. Um, uh, you know, it's very hard to remember that far back, but certainly um, not any substantial funding. I may have uh, received uh, honoraria for attending meetings uh, and, and those days, uh, but certainly nothing, uh, nothing considerable. At that point, I was working uh, at the University of Pennsylvania in the Children's Hospital and the Wistar Institute, and was, of course, uh, paid by those entities. Could you read the last answer back for me, please? Answer, I would say probably not. You know, it's very hard to remember that far back, but certainly not any substantial funding. I may have received honorary for attending meetings in those days, but certainly nothing, nothing considerable. 
At that point, I was working at the University of Pennsylvania and the Children's Hospital and the Wistar Institute and was, of course, paid by those entities. Okay. Did you receive any funding from any pharmaceutical company to related to the development of vaccines before 1990? Um, I don't recall receiving any funding for the development of uh, rubella vaccine. Um, before it was licensed and uh, then fun funding uh, passed through Wistar. Um, as far as rotavirus is concerned, uh, I did have uh, grants, not personal money, but uh, grants for uh, rotavirus development from um, uh, from Sanofi, um, and um, I had no funding uh, for rabies. Uh, that's as much as I can recall. But you indicated that you didn't get funding for the work on the rubella vaccine, right? I don't believe I had any funding until uh, it was eventually licensed. Uh, by um, Merck. And when was that? That was about 1970, early 70s. So from the early 70s, you were receiving funding, you're saying, from Merck related to Rubella? No. Wistar was receiving Wistar funding. from Merck. Yes. Got it. But before that, the Merck did not fund the development of rubella vaccine until it was licensed. Have exhibit seven. I'm going to hand you Dr. Plock and what's it marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 7. Just got it. Okay. Can you read the title of the article, please? Attenuation of RA273 rubella virus and WI38 human diploid cells. And who's the first listed author? I am. Okay. And what is the year of this publication? Uh, 1960. Um, nine. Right. And if you go to the um, uh, if you go to the summary, you know what, Dr. Plotkin, let me up. May I? Oh yes. Yes. And and does it say there that Dr. Plotkin is a recipient of an award from Smith Klein? Is that a predecessor to GSK? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. And French Inc. Uh, Philadelphia for research on rubella vaccine, correct? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the vaccine that eventuated. Um, in other words, the RA273 was not the, really the product of any GSK funding. Oh. I'm highlighting on this one. 
So does that refresh your recollection now of, of maybe what was an earlier time that you received from funding from pharmaceutical companies towards development related to a vaccine? Yes, I. Uh, okay. I did so, have yeah. uh, some funding from uh, GSK, yeah. but um, they okay. had their own uh, candidate rubella vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Plotkin, I'm going to hand you um, what is Marcus Plaintiff's Exhibit 8. Um. Ms. Nusma, did you receive that Exhibit 8? I'm sure I will. It might take a second, it's Dr. Plotkin's um, curriculum vita. So it's a oh, I've got a copy of that already. Thank you. Um, this is your CV, correct, Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Uh, did you update the CV recently? Uh, I think it was updated last year, but I'm not sure exactly. It probably doesn't have every last publication. Uh, on the top, on the first page, in the top right corner, do you see the date? Uh, June 2017. Was that when it was last updated? Yes. Okay. If you go to the end, I saw that you went. It's uh, uh, there are some articles here that were published in 2017 in which you're an author. Yes. I think I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven articles. Correct. I guess. Okay. Some of these were published within the last few months. Mm-hmm. I think some of them were published in December, November, correct? Yes. Okay. So this has been updated very recently, correct? Well, June 2017. Uh, the articles, if you go to Article 794, Rodriguez, Pinto. Yeah. Do you know what month of the year that was published? No. I told you it was published after June, that? Well, I guess my secretary must have added it. Okay. When's the last time you reviewed this CV? <laughs> uh, probably in June 2017. Okay. Um, you provided this CV to the attorney for the defendant in this case? Yes. Quite a hefty CV, Dr. Blocking. Um, it's over 200 pages. <laughs> I see there's 794 articles in it, um, which you were the author, correct? Uh, yes. It's uh, a lot of articles. Um, see a lot of honors, including a who's who in America since 1978. Mm -hmm. 
Um, got a number of faculty appointments at uh, a number of universities I see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Um, any of faculty appointments missing from this list? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, I also see that there's, there's, uh, you have a professor emeritus position at uh, University of Pennsylvania in Wistar. Do you teach any courses there? Yes. Do you continue to teach any courses? Yes. What do you teach there? Um, participate in the vaccine uh, course at the university and um, uh, essentially give advice to Wistar. And for the university, did you teach a course last semester? Yes. Have you been doing that every year for Pretty the last much, few yes. years? What's mm. the name of the course? Vaccines. I don't remember the exact name, but it's uh. essentially a course in vaccines. How many days a week does the class meet? Oh, uh, two days. Two days a week. Okay. Mm. Um, I see um, you have a number of hospital and administrative appointment, appointments, one, two, three, four. you have six of them, all right? It looks like they're, they're all at the Children's Hospital of Penn, well, Philadelphia and then Department of Pediatrics. A any of your hospital administrative appointments missing from this list, Dr. Plotkin? Uh, no, I don't, don't think so. Um, I do have an appointment at Johns Hopkins, um, but um, yeah. And what is that? I'm an adjunct professor. Since when? Gosh, uh, I think sometime in the 2000s. Okay. I see you have positions in industry listed, correct? Yes. I see two of them. I see one is from 1991 to 1997, the medical and scientific director at uh, Sanofi. Yes. Right. And 1997-2009, uh, executive advisor to the CEO of Sanofi, correct? Correct. Okay. But as discussed earlier, since 2009, you've also worked for Sanofi, correct? I have, yes. And you work for Merck? Yes. And Glaxo? Yes. And Pfizer? Yes. How come those aren't listed here, Dr. Plotkin? Well, I, they they are uh, consultancies. They're not uh, uh, official appointments. I don't have a, a let's say, a title at, at Merck. I'm simply a consultant to them. And I, mm -hmm. uh, so it's not in my CV. Mm -hmm. So in providing this CV to your to defendants' counsel, you didn't think disclosing your affiliations with the very companies whose product you're saying Faith should re received, who her pediatrician purchased and provide to her, was necessary to disclose? The CV... Uh, Strike the question. It, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Are you willing to update your CV to disclose all of the connections you have with the big four pharmaceutical companies? Yes, of course. The CV is uh, okay. It's created for 
not for the, 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 the for legal purposes. This is created uh, to inform people who want to know about my papers and uh, and my appointments at various universities. You provided this to defendant's counsel, correct? Yes. To show your experience as relevant to being an expert witness in this case, correct? To show my experience as uh, in the field of vaccines, yes. What is Dynavax Technologies? Dynavax is a company that is uh, working on uh, adjuvantation of uh, vaccines uh, and has recently licensed a, a hepatitis B vaccine that is um, uh, more immunogenic than the current vaccines. Okay. This is a for-profit company? Yes. Right. And it's involved in the development of vaccines, right? Yes. You're on the board of directors of this company, correct? Correct. Okay. That affiliation is not disclosed on the CV, correct? It's not on the CV, okay. no. What is VBI's vaccines? Variation Bio. Okay, and what is that? Uh, that's a uh, biotech developing vaccines. Okay, and this is a for-profit company as well, correct? Yes. And you are also on the board of directors of this company, right? Yes. And that affiliation is not disclosed in your CV, correct? It is not in my CV, no. Okay. What is Mimetics? Well, Mimetics is a biotech in, uh, in Europe. Um, they've actually... Uh, <laughs> I haven't done anything for them in at least a year now. Uh, but I think I'm still officially on their board. You're chairman of their scientific advisory board, correct? As I said, I haven't done anything for them for at least a year. So uh, if, if, if that is correct, that's uh, uh, sort okay. of an old thing. Uh, but they're a for-profit company? Yes. And how long were you on their board? Uh, couple of years, I don't remember okay. exactly. But that affiliation is not on your CV, correct? No. Dynavax Technologies, what have you done for them? Dynavax, I've been on their board. Okay. You attend the board meetings? Uh, not recently, but yes, in the past. Have you advocated on their behalf? Yes. Have you done that in any government meetings, for example? Yes, yes. To seek licensure of the vaccine? Yes, it was just licensed. Okay, and so you were advocating as a board member of a technology company to get licensure of a new vaccine, correct? Yes. We have five minutes left on the disc. Okay. Inovio Biomedical Corp., what's that? Uh, that's a biotech that's developing vaccines based on uh, DNA. And is this a for-profit company? Yes. And what is your affiliation with the company? I'm on their board. Okay. And was that affiliation disclosed in your CV? No. Okay. What's CureVac CureVac AG? It's also a biotech. Okay. Is it a for-profit company? Yes. Is it involved in the development of vaccines? Yes. What's your affiliation with that company? Uh, I'm on their board. Okay. Did you, is that affiliation disclosed on your CV? No. Okay. What is SYN, S-Y-N, vaccine, 
Um, actually, I'm not sure about that uh, about that name, but um, uh, as I recall, it's a company trying to develop synthetic uh, vaccines. What's your affiliation with that company? Actually, I don't recall uh, that. Uh, I've certainly helped them, but I, I don't recall that I have a board position. I, I, I or you know, whether I'm officially on the board or not, I haven't had contact with them for some time. What is GeoVax Labs? Uh, it's also a biotech. Okay. Is it a for-profit company? Yes. Is it involved in the development of vaccines? Yes. What's your affiliation with that company? I've been an advisor, and um, I think I'm officially on their board. Um, they're trying to develop a vaccine against HIV. Was this affiliation disclosed in your CV? No, right? No, I, okay. I don't have my consultancies on my CV. You're on the board of these companies, correct? Yes. Okay. What is Glycovaccine AG? That's G-L-Y-C-O, then capital V-A-X-Y-N-A-G. Uh, it, it was a biotech in, in Europe. Okay. Is it a for-profit company? It was. Okay. Was it involved in the development of vaccines? Yes. Were you on the board of this company as well? Yes. Okay. Did you, is that disclosed in your CV? No. What is uh, Adjuvance Technologies? That's A-D-J-U-V-A-N-C-E Technologies. It's a company trying to develop adjuvants for vaccines. Okay. Is it a for-profit company? Yes. Okay. You're on the board of this company as well, right? Yes. Okay. And that affiliation isn't disclosed in your CV either, right? No. What is Bionet Asia? Uh, a company developing a new pertussis vaccine. Okay. Is this is a for-profit company as well? Yes. Okay. And uh, you're on the board of this company as well? Yes. Okay. That affiliation also wasn't disclosed in your CV, correct? Correct. Okay. What's Abcombi, that's A-B-C-O-M-B-I, Biosciences. Um, I haven't heard from them in a long time, and actually I'm not even sure. Um, I mean, I had an interview with the founder once, whether he um, listed me as a board member, I, I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a long time. It's a for-profit company? I, I really have no idea. I assume it is, but I, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, and... Um, and I should say that I'm, I'm spelling them out for the benefit of the court reporter. I assume mm -hmm. you know the spelling. I'm just doing mm -hmm. it for the benefit of the court reporter. Uh, what's uh, Hukipia Biotech? That's oh, Hukipa. Oh, thank you. Yeah. H-O-O-K-I-P-I-A. Yeah, biotech. It's, it's a European uh, biotech. Okay. Is it a for-profit company? Yes. All right. And it's involved in the development of vaccines? Yes, hopefully. And 
You're also on the board of this company? Yes. Okay. And, and that affiliation also wasn't disclosed in your CV, right? No. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned um, one of the companies was in the process of developing a new, trying to develop a new pertussis vaccine. Which, which company was that? Bionet. Thank you. Um, why are they trying to develop a new pertussis vaccine? Because a problem with current uh, acellular vaccines is that although they are protective, the protection doesn't last as long as we would like. And Bionet uh, has developed a um, component of pertussis vaccine that should give long, longer lasting responses. And how long does the current immunity last from the, the current acellular pertussis vaccine? Well, uh, you know, it, it lasts for probably on the order of five years, but the efficacy diminishes after uh, two years or so. And the, the result is that uh, there have uh, been more pertussis in adolescence uh, than we would like. So when you say after five years, the immunity's gone in two years, the efficacy, do you mean after the, uh, how many dose, the, the four or five dose TDAP, DTAP series? Well, I, I, I should go into some detail. Um, the first, the, the first three doses are given, it, uh, you know what, I, I apologize. The, yeah, the, okay. it, it's about to run out, and yeah. uh, I don't want to give the video right. for a hard time. This ends this one of the deposition of Dr. Stanley Plotkin. We are going off the record. The time is 10.32. I apologize for cutting off. This is the beginning of tape number two with the deposition of Dr. Stanley Plotkin. We are on the record. The time is 10.42. Okay. Thank you. Um, Apologies for, again for cutting off your answer to the last question. The tape needed to be changed. Um, if you could kindly read back the last question to give Dr. Plock an opportunity to respond. five years immunity is gone in two years efficacy do you mean after dash the four or five dose DTAP series answer I should go into some detail the first dash well answer the first three doses are given dash you know what I apologize That's so uh, pertussis vaccine is given in three doses in the infancy and uh, is uh, quite protective during the uh, the childhood or infancy years. Then there's a booster dose given uh, before uh, school entry. And uh, that um, uh, results in protection, uh, pretty protection for two, three years, uh, but then be begins to fade uh, when the child reaches uh, eight or nine years. Um, and a dose is recommended uh, in pre-adolescence. And there in particular, what's been found is that uh, with the um, so-called acellular vaccines, that um, after two or three years, 
that the efficacy diminishes uh, considerably, and uh, so there are efforts to uh, try to um, improve that uh, persistence of efficacy. And Bionet is one of the companies that is is uh, in effect trying to develop a, a longer-lasting uh, acellular uh, pertussis vaccine. Uh, there are other companies also uh, working to improve the vaccine for adolescents. So the last vaccine recommended for adolescents is around what age? Of Tdap or a diphtheria about, tetanus pertussis containing know, vaccine? 13, 11, 11 13. Uh, 13. Okay. And did I understand correctly that a few years after that last dose, mm-hmm. um, the, most folks who've gotten that vaccine are no longer immune to pertussis? Well, um, most folks is perhaps a bit of an exaggeration, but okay. it, it, it depends on, on the study. But certainly I would say that the high effectiveness that's seen uh, um, initially after the vaccine diminishes considerably by five years. And what do you mean by considerably? Well, so it falls somewhere between 30 to 50 percent protection. Um, So it's not nearly as good as uh, after the the, uh, vaccine dose is given. So after the last vaccine dose in adolescents, uh, five years later, only 30 to 50 percent of people are receiving the CDC recommended childhood schedule are protected from pertussis. Yes. Okay. How about 10 years out? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure there are many studies that go that far out, but I would imagine that uh, the protection has diminished considerably by, the, by that time. So most adults aren't protected for pertussis? Not unless they've, um, uh, unless they've received a booster dose. But that being said, it becomes complicated because uh, if they are infected with um, the organism that causes pertussis, even if they are not uh, ill because of it, they will get a natural booster, and so uh, they um, may not have symptomatic uh, pertussis. Uh, Pertussis is um, not uncommon in in adults, Uh, so it's, but the epidemiology is not as well established as it is for children. But in terms of protection from vaccination from pertussis, most ad- most adults are not protected from the vaccination. You're saying they're if, if they're protected, they're protected from exposure to the actual pertussis. Yeah. Uh, bac- is it bacteria? Yes. But you know you have to bear in mind that pertussis as a disease is most important in the newborn and in children. And fortunately, we have very effective means of preventing pertussis in those highly susceptible individuals. Adults will, will have a cough disease, but they won't uh, die of uh, pertussis. 
so uh, although we want to protect them as well, uh, the main point of pertussis vaccine is to protect the, uh, the newborn and the young uh, child. So is it, is it only really dangerous in the first, what, few months of life or? Yes, um, uh, infants with pertussis may w frequently die of pertussis and that's why um, immunization uh, in pregnancy is now practiced. In other words, to provide passive uh, immunity to the infant during the first months of life before the infant mm -hmm. is vaccinated. Uh -huh. Um, and if the mother had been exposed to pertussis bacteria itself and had immunity that way, that would also confer immunity to the baby? Yes, but um, uh, one can't depend on that. Whereas if you give a dose of vaccine during pregnancy, you can depend on the uh, antibodies passing to the infant. Does the um, the acellular pertussis vaccine prevent? Sorry, say it again. Does the acellular um, pertussis vaccine prevent the infection and transmission of pertussis in the va in in the person vaccinated with acellular pertussis vaccine? Well, that's uh, a an area of active research. It appears that the acellular vaccines uh, don't. Um, uh, protect uh, the individual from carrying the organism as much as the uh, so-called wholesale pertussis vaccines uh, did. Uh, but those data are based largely on animal studies and we don't really have a lot of human data to tell us whether the, the, the animal results are uh, true in, in humans uh, or not. But there is a concern that uh, the acellular vaccines uh, may not uh, protect a, an individual from passing the organism to another individual, even if the vaccinated person doesn't get sick mm -hmm. himself or herself. What animals were used in those studies? Baboons. Why were baboons used? <laughs> Why were baboons used? Because they are susceptible to pertussis and obviously they're uh, close to humans. Um, would those experiments be ethical to do with, with people as opposed to baboons? That well, I'm not sure it would be ethical to infect someone with pertussis. Um, uh, <laughs> that would require a, an ethical committee to consider uh, what, how the experiment would be done. For example, uh, if someone were infected with pertussis and then given antibiotics uh, soon after administration of the organism, that could be ethical because the antibiotics would cure the individual uh, before, uh, before he or she becomes ill. Um, wouldn't but, that mess up the study though? Sorry? Wouldn't that, but then wouldn't that mess up the study in terms of 
it, it, it would certainly influence the, the study, but it could allow us to determine whether an individual um, uh, who has been vaccinated with the acellular vaccine can pass the organism despite the vaccination to another uh, individual. Is that study been done? Uh, no, okay. it has not yet been done. In terms of the study that was done with baboons, that study, Yes. Could that study be done with humans? Do you think any IRB approval could ever be obtained to do that study with humans? To allow an individual to develop symptomatic pertussis? I don't think that would be approved. Okay. Uh, what was, um, so in terms of the baboon studies that were done, that's about as those are about as good as you're going to get for those studies because you can't do the human studies, correct? In well, terms of evidence about the transmissibility and infection of pertussis from uh, yes, but after acellular pertussis vaccination. Yes, but I, I, I believe that um, uh, workers are trying to determine whether vaccinated individuals are still uh, colonized by, uh, uh, by the pertussis organism. Uh, if they are colonized, then they probably could transmit uh, to others. I mean, there's a lot of work going on in, in this field, including developing a, an attenuated uh, Bordetella pertussis, uh, which could be given to boost immunity, uh, and in particular to prevent uh, carriage. So, um, as I said, this is a, a very active area of investigation. Um, what was Merck's total revenue from vaccine sales in 2016? No idea. Think it was in the millions? I imagine so, but I certainly have no knowledge. Do you think it was in the billions? I don't, do not know. Do you know what the uh, Do you know what the global sales of vaccines were approximately last year? Um, my vague recollection is something like thirty billion. Thirty billion. And do you know what percent approximately Merck's share of that was? No. Uh, Sanofi's. No. Glaxo? No. Or Pfizer? No. Do you combined, what, do you have a sense of what percent those four represent in terms of that $30 billion in vaccine sales? Probably, I would guess, but it's purely a guess, $20 billion. $20 billion with a B? $20 And, um... Um, I don't need to put it. And um, the increase in the vaccine market 
has been due to the fact that new vaccines give higher profits, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the New England strike that? Um, if, if I told you In terms of the $30 billion, and uh, you said approximately, um, what percent did you say approximately you thought was from the big four vaccine makers? I said 20. I really don't have an accurate idea, but oh, that's my guess. 20 billion. Oh, billion. Okay. And, and you said what percent of that was related from the four big, to the four big vaccine manufacturers? No, what I said was that I thought the overall income was 30, but that the big four probably account for uh, 20. Okay. Uh, but I, but that's, those are purely guesses. Okay. All right, well, then let's, then let's do this. Okay. When you say it's a guess, how off do you think you might be? <laughs> if it's a guess, how do I know how, how off I am? How did you I come am? up with the 20 billion? Because I vaguely recall having seen the paper uh, with uh, those numbers, but my memory may be incorrect. <clears throat> are, you familiar, um, are you familiar with the New England Journal of Medicine? <laughs> yes, of course. What does an editor for this journal do? What does an editor for the journal do? Yeah. I presume that he edits articles that are submitted to the journal. And what does the editor-in-chief do? Well, selects articles to be published. Okay. And, and what is your opinion about this, the New England Journal of Medicine? It is an influence, influential medical journal. <laughs> 